0: You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest-growing audio medium in the U.S., from law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media/cbf to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, Please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's s-h-e-w-i-t-t at bizjournals.com.
1: Howdy, y'all. This is Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First and the host of this podcast, Women of Influence. This podcast features conversations with Columbus's leading women in business, in which they talk about how they gained power, how they keep it, and how other women can follow in their footsteps. Today, we're chatting with Debbie Penzone, CEO of Penzone Salons and Spas. Thanks for joining us, Debbie. Thank you for having me. So Debbie, I want to start uh, by going back and talking a little bit about your background. So did
2: you grow up in Columbus? I grew up in a small town, Springfield, Ohio, just about an hour uh, west of here.
1: Okay. And what brought you to Columbus?
2: Uh, Well, school actually. So, um, you know, I I graduated uh, from high school and always had this talent and gift for giving beauty to all of my friends and family. As I grew up, everybody got a makeover. (laughs) Uh, Even to this day, a story my brother always reminds me is I permed his hair. <laughs> before I was licensed, it was just a natural thing for me. so I came over to the the Ohio State School of Cosmetology mm-hmm. um, over here in Columbus, Ohio when I was 18.
1: And then you started working at a penzone spa. All no,
2: time. actually, oh. and a lot of people don't know this. And I tell this story. it's so amazing. I get to go back out and talk to schools, cosmetology uh, schools at the time. I had a dream to uh-huh. work for Penzone. Oh And I had shared that dream with one of my instructors. And she said, Debbie, you're a small town girl. And I really don't think you'd fit in there. Oh my goodness. And I let that one person really influence uh, my future. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. You know, that first year out of high school, I did not even go to interview at Penn Zones
1: Oh, wow. Because
2: of, because of that comment. And uh. I went out and found a small salon called Tangles on Bethel Road <laughs> that is no longer there. So thank goodness that was not my future <laughs> career. And... I started working there, and I think back to that time because as a young professional, um, how I let so many people influence my decision of of who I could actually be Mm -hmm. and take away some dreams of mine. So I worked at the small salon called Tangles, and I was so fortunate my destiny happened there Uh is in that six-month period, there was a hair artist that used to work for Penzone Mm -hmm. that worked for Chuck for about, uh, I think, 10 years. She got married and moved away. All the mm-hmm. way to Sri Lanka. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and was there for a couple years, and then found herself getting divorced and moving back. And so she called Chuck and said, "Hey, I'm you know want to come back to work. I'm back in Columbus, Ohio." So he said, "Marilyn, we'd love to have you back, but I have no open chairs right oh, now.
1: Goodness. Mm-hmm. So if you just
2: go ahead and start working, uh-huh. the minute I get a chair open, I would love to have you come back with the company." Mm-hmm. And so Marilyn De Palma was that first mentor for me as a young woman. Mm-hmm. She hired me at Tangles oh. to be her assistant and shampoo heads and learn from her. Oh, gotcha. I had no idea of her background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No idea. And so really she was the one that, you know, six months to that day, she said, Debbie, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going back to Penn zones. Mm-hmm. There was a chair open and I want to let you know, I have an interview for you. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I was just like, what? <laughs> and, and, and again, as that first mentor for me, first role model as a young professional, she said, I got you an interview. I did not get you a job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to believe in yourself. You belong here. You're very talented, Debbie. And you need to know that in yourself. So uh, my, that was my destiny. I was so blessed to have been um, in the right place at the right time, like they say. And I got that interview, and of course I nailed it, and I got the job. <laughs> but I never took it for granted, uh-huh. and I learned those very great l- life lessons that I try to really get out and share with other young professionals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and other, you know, women too, business women. You know, like you know, think what you're saying to these young professionals sometimes. You know, because your words matter, and you could, you know, really change somebody's destiny and take away their dream yeah. by by some words that maybe um, squash, squash what they see as their future.
1: If this were like a movie, that woman from Ohio state would then have come back to get her hair done at Penn zones and you would have been doing her hair and it would have been like, a great- yeah.
2: <laughs> and you know, I, I still go out and, and I share that story of, you know, how powerful those role models and teachers and instructors are mm-hmm. to, um, you know, their students mm-hmm. and, and really watch those words that you used to them.
1: Do you kind of actively and purposely mentor people is that I'm, do people come to you asking, I want you to be my mentor and sort of how do you foster those relationships?
2: Yeah. And, and I think it's, um, it's more organically Mm -hmm. grown, I think is the, is the best way to do it. You know, for me thinking back, I didn't go to Maryland and say, will you be my mentor? But I try to share those situations Mm -hmm. with other young professionals and then also women in business Mm -hmm. so that they can see themselves in that role so that you really kind of foster that relationship and that's really what it is is that building that relationship and really trying to help guide those young professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really blessed to be in different organizations mm-hmm. where we get to work with young women in, in different businesses as well to be able to mentor them and, and share, um, you know, our success and try to help guide them Terrific. in theirs as well.
1: Then tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. when you transitioned from kind of the the stylist seat to the executive track, I guess.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, well, and again, I had a great mentor in my husband, <laughs> <P>. Charles <laughs> Penzone, because he did the same thing. It was really great to hear how he did it. Mm-hmm. So I was you know, working full-time behind the chair. Mm-hmm. And I was also a creative director of our company. So I trained all of our new hires. And I also trained all of our um, guest service experts as well. So I was in that training capacity while I was still a hair artist behind the chair doing customers. Uh-huh. So I really got to know um, the inside and outside of our company from that standpoint. And then I started weaning my days off behind the chair uh-huh. and coming to the innovation office. So it, you know, went down to my final, you know, grasp was I was one day my Mondays in the salon behind uh-huh. the chair, and then uh, the other four days, you know, in the office. Tell me really about learning. the innovation office. What does that? Look um, like? The innovation office that's kind of like our how we our corporate office or our oh okay our, yeah our Charles Penzone innovation office is our. Um, corporate office. Gotcha. kind of your back. yeah, okay, so we great. kind of just named it that just to really be able to spark that, you know yeah. innovation for the future. I think the biggest thing that you know, Chuck really um, inspired in me is, you know the ins and out of what we do. You know our people. and you know what we do. You know the service that we provide for our community, and you also know our products. You know, so now's the time. To really focus on the community because they've been so good for to us and we need to focus and give back. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, you know, expanding that reach um, to our 500 team members. I started to look at them as my guest behind the chair now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my focus would go on them more. So it really helped me get out of that tunnel vision of just being behind the chair, focusing on just my guest. But it was really hard because I built so many wonderful, beautiful yeah. relationships with my clients And, you know, generations um, when I was behind the chair.
1: I was going to ask, do you miss today? Obviously, you're not behind the chair. I do, I do, I do. (laughs) You
2: know, I think just with Chuck and I, too, where he started to help guide me. And, you know, now where your inspiration and your creativity can go, Debbie, is in designing the salons. Mm -hmm. You know, coming up with new concepts. uh, Developing new programs for our hair artist and spa artist that can make their environment better for them and make Mm -hmm. their careers better for them. So... Um, He was really great to be able to guide me in that direction of where does this creativity go? Because I believe that, you know, we're born like that. You know, I've I've always been like that since I've been a young girl. Mm -hmm. And um, when you go into the business side of it, how do you bring that creativity into your business and really create your career Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. loving what you do every day? I loved what I did every day behind the chair. That gift of giving beauty Mm -hmm. was such a special gift to give somebody. And I wanted to continue to have that feeling of every day I love to go and make that impact and that difference. And so it was really now looking at our team members and you know, how do we bring that kind of impact to them Uh and then also our community. So when I came to the corporate office, a big part of my role was getting out there in the community and giving back Mm -hmm. to the nonprofit world, finding out ways that we could, you know, develop and, and donate our talent of our talented hands and um, fundraising and making a difference in the community to say thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. What has been the, the best part and the worst part of working so closely with your husband?
2: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're one of the few couples that just truly love being together in our careers. Mm-hmm. We really do. I was married before and I just think, you know, sometimes they just didn't understand or respect what I did. Uh, You know, you go in and you just have fun behind the chair and you're playing beauty shop. Mm -hmm. It is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, and he truly understands uh, what I was doing behind the chair because he did it. You know, Uh he stood behind the chair. He knows, you know, what a responsibility it is because, you know, I mean, that's that self-confidence, um, you know, everybody has different personalities and different hair and it's not as easy as people think it is, you know, (laughs) seriously, it is. And and we, we take it seriously because Mm -hmm. you are truly, um, you know, impacting that person's life. Mm -hmm. So we don't take that lightly. And I think just that respect of my talent and we have that with each other is, is very powerful in a relationship. And then understanding, you know, the the gift that we have, you know, in the company to give back in our community. Mm -hmm. You know, we really want to make an impact here. Mm -hmm. And and we see it the past 50 years, but we see the 50 years forward. Uh You know, the best part is really getting to share that with somebody, you know, and um, the new concept that we launched uh, last year with Penzone Salon and Spa, he was right there because he said, you know, I want you to feel this and, and believe it and know that you're doing you know, this Debbie on your own, Mm -hmm. but yet I want to be there to experience it with you. Mm -hmm. So it was really powerful for him to believe in me that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. basically he gave me his baby of 50 years and said, here, you can even take my name off of it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was pretty powerful Uh for him to step back as a founder Uh and say, we want this company to grow the next 50 years. And he wanted to empower me to be innovative Mm -hmm. and, and really change the brand. Uh, For that future generation. So that's been so inspiring and powerful for us as a couple. Mm -hmm. You know, because I feel like he's there 100% with no judgment and, you know, letting me just do it. And then after the fact, sharing it with him and him being, oh, my gosh, you know, Uh, we've never won Naha, which was a pretty powerful award that we got last year for the 2019 salon design concept of North America. Mm -hmm. And we had never gotten that in the 50 years of our company. So that was a pretty powerful moment uh-huh. that he, you know, really, you know, let me shine in and support me one hundred percent in, and I felt so honored because I really felt like he was able to let us, our team, do it together. Great. So that was all the good stuff. Yeah. Have there been any challenges? <laughs> and I think the challenges, you know, it is just recently. You know, I think back to, you know, I've been a president in this role for ten years now. Mm-hmm. And I think back to the, the very first couple years, it was not easy. And and we are the yin and the yang, I think, most people will tell you that, of how our leadership styles are, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, the first couple years, it wasn't easy. I kept saying, ah, this is the way I want to do it. Uh-huh. You know, some of these policies, some of these procedures that we have in our corporate corporate culture right now, I want to change. Mm-hmm. And I could see the future in that. And, and he was very honest and blunt saying, you know, I don't know if that'll work, Debbie, because this is the way I've always run things. Mm-hmm. So he had to really trust and believe in me and step back. And yes, we definitely headed on a lot of things. But I think he gave me the platform to prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we had a couple of different things where I was like, no, I want to prove this out, that this way of leading and empowering others will not only make the company successful, but really our team will get a whole new inspiration on what they're doing because we're changing that culture of how we're inspiring them and training them to to really do not just their career, but really take all these great teachings and, and inspire it in their life.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about something you changed about the training process or the culture or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I
2: mean, I think, you know, a lot of it right now is, you know, some of, some of our programs, I mean, thinking way back, um, one was our retail program, you know, and it was just the way it was set up to, um, you'd reach different goals and you would get different percentage of, of um, you know, income on that. But it was all uh, set up that, you you know, there was these levels, these plateaus that you had to reach right at the beginning. Oh, okay. You mm-hmm. know, where I was looking out for everyone, because <laughs> I'm kind of like that. And I would say, you know, what about somebody that, you know, maybe their percentage is 2%, you know, and uh-huh. it's like, you, you can't even look at 20%. That's so far away. Yeah. Yeah. And then really taking out the whole, uh, the whole thing that was driven into them, I think in the beginning, cause I was one of them, uh-huh. you know, I was behind the chair at uh-huh. that time was selling, uh-huh. you know, and I really believe I never wanted anybody to sell a product Mm-hmm. I want you to share your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And when you share your knowledge and help that customer, oftentimes they'll buy a good product because mm-hmm. you show them how to use it and it really does make a difference in their hair. Mm-hmm. And really trying to, to take it down to, to the why behind it. You know, it was always these policies and you had to do this, but yet it wasn't a why. And, and showing our team, like, hey, okay, style somebody's hair without any products. <laughs> what do you get at <laughs> the end? Oh, my God, it's really hard. Uh-huh. Or, or what is that customer coming to us for? They want their hair shinier or fuller or they want to help tame those curls. Um, and how these amazing products can really make a big difference if you use them the right way. And then really trying to inspire everybody every step of the way, to really see that success. And we wanted to train them to work smarter, not harder.
1: Tell me a little bit about a big change that y'all just enacted, which was this rebranding and kind of repositioning that you uh, have alluded to a couple times. What was that experience like kind of reshaping the salon?
2: Yeah, you know, it was it was really inspiring to our team, you know, to go back and we looked at stories. And we really did talk to Chuck, our founder, you know, what was it like in 1969, when you Mm -hmm. brought the company, um, you know, $500 and two people, and you built this company from nothing. And we looked back at our history. And said, wow, we want that again. Mm -hmm. You know, Chuck was so rogue back then. He was bold. You know, he came back after seeing Vidal Sassoon up in Chicago, and he shared a story with us. He came back to Columbus, Ohio, and he said, no more roller sets. No more. I'm not teasing the hair. I'm not going to set you under a dryer. I don't want you to come back and see me every week. (laughs) I'm going to use this little thing that I just saw in Chicago called a blow dryer. Because <laughs> believe it or not, nobody knew what a blow dryer was oh at home. Goodness. Wash and wear hair. Uh-huh. Nobody heard of that. Wow! Everybody was going to the salon once a week. And if you look back at the pictures back <laughs> then, they were getting their hair all teased up and it would stay like that for a week. Mm-hmm. And then you came back and got it redone again. Oh my God. <laughs> so when he went up to Chicago and saw this, he was blown away. He saw this innovation in, in the industry. He saw our industry was going to change. And so he really wanted to bring that back to Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Change is not easy. Innovation is not easy. It is so hard when you are that forefront company, you know, that, you know, that you know, going out there and forging the way of a new way in an industry. It's difficult and it's hard and not everybody sees it at first. Mm-hmm. So he shared some of those stories and we shared them with our team. It was hard because people didn't get it, mm-hmm. a- and some people didn't want to still go home and do their hair. They didn't uh-huh. want to buy a blow dryer, <laughs> you know. But he had to take he had to put a stake in the ground and say, "This is the future of our industry, and this is where I need to go." And then once again, in, in 1991, when when we launched the Grand Salon, a day spa, uh-huh. nobody heard of the term day spa. People thought we were crazy. Who would ever buy a gift card to a day spa? Uh-huh. But if you look back in 1991. It was truly revolutionary because Inside Edition, People Magazine, the Today Show, everybody came to Columbus, Ohio and said, what is going on here? So we used some of that history of our 50 years to really help our team see it, but also to really help our customers. Because it wasn't easy because we did change our whole model. We were in these little teeny booths, and it was a closed environment. And we didn't have the technology that we launched with, and we really launched this open environment of community. Mm-hmm. We shared with our team. We wanted to build community and inspiration. Mm-hmm. I wanted a customer to look over and see another customer maybe getting her bangs all cut off and thinking, wow, man, I need bangs. <laughs> and and um, it was a, it was, it's different, though. Uh You know, and and even with our hair artist, I had one of my senior directors, you know, one of our top hair artists, Shelly. She's been with us over 30 some years. She said, You know, Debbie, I was kind of worried, you know, being next to all of these different hair artists and and some of the young ones. Uh Do I still have it? Uh And she said, But I've been so inspired Mm -hmm. to watch the creativity that I see around the room in me, and Mm -hmm. it inspires me. Uh, that was just different. And then also our community space, the social room. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a bar now right there, and we have a cafe. It was hard for people to imagine that they could sit there at the bar with foils in their hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> or or sit there with a, with a charcoal mask on their face and sip a mimosa. Uh-huh. Um, or walk around the whole entire salon community um, with color on your head, you mm-hmm. know? And being able to go get a manicure while your hair was processing, so it was really that change was different, uh-huh. and it, it was really amazing to watch people embrace it. But then we had to definitely nurture and help and guide team members as long with along with our customers along this journey and along the way mm-hmm. and it hasn't all been easy. i thinking back to looking at when we launched it was hard because some people were like I don't know. You know and we had to dive down just like Chuck did and like we did so many times before and say you know this is the future. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. see this. We want community. We want to go beyond beauty. I wanted people to feel like they were building relationships and not just with their hair artist or their spa professional which is wonderful but since then, since the launch of the concept, when I go in and I see two people talking in the social room and I might go up and think they came together mm-hmm. and they're like, no, we just met here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, and, and we just, you know, st- struck up a conversation. And I want that because I believe that's what we can provide for our community. Mm-hmm. And then also in those social rooms, um, to be able to bring in talks and conversations that we can have to open up dialogues, mm-hmm. uh, to dive deeper than just the outer sh- you know, outer shell of beauty.
1: What is next now? And mm. it, you've sort of completed the sort of transforming all your locations into this, correct?
2: Uh, we still have two oh. left. There were three, really, kind <laughs> of. You know, th- Our Gehenna um, Penzone Salon and Spa, we just freshen that up. Okay. So definitely 2020, be looking out for that. Okay. Uh, and then our German, German Village location, as well as our Upper Arlington location. Okay. We haven't brought all the brand concept to, to that those locations. So, yes, that'll be coming in 2020. Uh-huh. And then a big project will be our innovation office. And we are looking at the original, the Grand Salon in uh-huh. Dublin, the original building in Dublin. It's 18,000 square feet that is our next innovation project to really look at repurposing that entire building.
1: Have you, what do you think you want yeah. to change? Yeah, well, there's <laughs> lots of good things that
2: come. So um, we're really working on it, you know, and, and, you know, teeing that up for some things to come in the future that I'd love to come back and share oh, with okay, you. Okay, great. But, you know, really diving deep into the new concept uh-huh. and trying okay. to bring some of those elements there that we're sharing as well in the Polaris concept. Uh, we brought a flex space where we can start right now. We have lit Life Plus Yoga, mm-hmm. uh, the yoga studio that we, we created a couple years ago is doing classes and different workshops there mm-hmm. right in the Polaris space now. So that's been kind of fun to, you know, it's kind of like, a, um, you know, trying to see how this goes and, and how, you know, this flex space evolves, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a little a pilot project there, as well as having hosting different conversation and topics where Monday night we had one of our guests that is an author. And she talks about retirement and how to find your purpose. We did an event in that flex space mm-hmm. and invited our customers to come and share um, and learn. And then we also did, of course, little beauty makeovers. So it's uh-huh. like, you know, you're, you're getting ready to retire. You know, how can we spark not only um, you feeling your very best at retirement and what does that look like for you, but also what about your career mm-hmm. and how we can dive deeper into these conversations and what does that look like for the future of Penzone.
1: Gotcha. Great. Well, that's all very exciting. Um, one more, kind of a more big yeah. picture question. You talked earlier about how, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that's been great about your relationship with your husband is that he mm-hmm. really understands that you're not just, you don't just go mess around with hair behind the chair or whatever. That yeah. takes the business seriously. Yeah. Have you, what kind of misconceptions or, or other issues do you ever, have you ever faced in the community, um, about the industry and I guess about the beauty industry?
2: Yeah, you know, I find it just so sad still. I, I Like I said, I go out to, you know, we go to Aveda, we go to Paul Mitchell, we go to um, Anthony Mason, we go to uh, the Salon Institute. I, I'm constantly going out to cosmetology schools and talking. And also high schools. Because there's still this misconception about our industry and about, you know, a hair artist and a spa professional having a real career. Mm -hmm. You know, and really that that's always so troubling to me because we have our team members that have strong, solid careers and they make a good living. Mm -hmm. And there's so many opportunities in the beauty industry right now and all different. We have we have some of our team members that not only stand behind the chair and take care of our guests. They're actual, actually, national educators. They go all over the country educating people on different products and mm-hmm. different services. So I want to really, you know, I think that's a big thing that I've really been strong, you know, trying to, to really um, share with our community that there is a future being a beauty professional, mm-hmm. and so many young professionals sometimes, and we get them. They go to college, and then they come back. And they go to cosmetology school mm-hmm. and then they, then they find that dream. Mm-hmm. And I think the big question for everyone is truly understanding what is your purpose mm-hmm. and how do you find that gift that you've been given and use it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of us that are talented, right brain, creative people that we love everything about beauty, makeup, style, fashion. But then we also have this heart uh-huh. of caring for people in wanting to give that gift to others. So I think that's been a big thing that we've been, you know, really trying to to share out there. And then I I talk to salon owners all the time all over the country and inspiring them to know we need salon owners. Mm-hmm. We need salons again, you know, because I think that in our industry there's a void there of really coming into that salon community mm-hmm. and, and building that relationship and then being able to inspire a community to be together and working together. I think that's a big thing when I talk to our professionals is that sense of community that they get when they work with Penzone, And so many of them say, you know, Debbie, in these tough times of my life sometimes, I don't know what I would do without my salon family. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know what I would do. Or being able to propel them to this next level of being a national educator or, you know, or, or even going out and doing it on your own. You know, there's a couple wonderful salon owners here right in town that we still connect with and mm-hmm. have great relationships with. And, and even that inspiration to me, that abundance, um, there's still so many people that do their hair at home mm-hmm. <laughs> that need us. You know? And, and, and there's, you know, and there's all levels of salons that are needed in our community. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I speak on to. I never down another salon or another level because there's all those different types of salons mm-hmm. that are needed for mm-hmm. all of the different people in our community. I've gone to sports clips. I actually they had me come and talk at their national convention. Oh, cool! But mm-hmm. what I had to do first is I had to go visit a couple sports <laughs> clips. I had to go see what they do, uh-huh. and I was very impressed, uh-huh. and uh-huh. and and I I learned a lot from mm-hmm. them. So uh, I think that abundance of a business owner and and knowing that competitive spirit, you know. Doesn't have to be there um, in those those kind of ways for me, anyways, because that's how I lead. I lead with that abundance of sharing knowledge and being able to inspire all of us to do better and be better and be our best. Great. You
1: mentioned speaking at that sports club convention. I saw that looking at your bio. You do a lot of speaking, and that's something that you've really kind of focused on recently in your career, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think that that's um, you know the more I can give back and share and inspire and you know maybe one. One person, if I make a difference, Mm -hmm. matters to me. One person does make a difference. And I've been very fortunate that one thing that I went to go um, talk at was rocks. It was uh, for girls. Mm -hmm. It's a community that inspires and empowers girls. And um, I was at a fundraiser for them. And one girl got up and said, she remembered me speaking. And I changed how she thought of what to look at for a career. Oh, great. And, And so those moments I know, um, you know, when I'm speaking, it's just that one person, if I make a difference for that one person matters to me. So it's worth my time Mm -hmm. and my effort to be out there and, and share all that I can and all that we can as a company, because I feel so blessed by what Penzone has done for me as a person and in my career as well.
1: Is public speaking something that Comes naturally to you? Or it's you not, are... no, no. Oh. If you
2: look back and you, and I talk to our young professionals and I talk to a lot of young, you know, the Columbus Young Professional Group has had me come out. You know, many times Derek has been an amazing inspiration for me and I love getting out and talking to them because I had to go, go take a Dale Car- Carnegie course. Uh-huh. Um, and my dad really inspired me with that because when I got behind the chair at Penzones, As this young girl from Springfield, Ohio, I was oftentimes scared of talking in front of just one person Uh because I kind of had to stand up and talk in front of them. And then I really wanted to to get into education and share my knowledge. And getting up in front of a classroom was scary. It wasn't easy, and it's never easy. So my dad said, you know, Debbie, I took a Dale Carnegie course, and it really helped me. He was an insurance salesman, Mm -hmm. you know, and he had to go out there and beat the pavement, you know, and do those cold calls. So I signed up as a young professional and invested in my career, Mm -hmm. and did that Dale Carnegie 18-week course, and it changed my life forever, because I was there with 60 other professionals in all different industries, and we were on the same kind of playing field, and really learn the power of sharing your story, Mm -hmm. and just speaking on what you know, Mm -hmm. and when you know what you know, you're just sharing that knowledge. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, it's not as scary or as hard, but still, I always have the butterflies. <laughs> I always have to learn how to breathe through it. And some of my yoga techniques and meditation and mindfulness and all of that has really helped me to learn how to you know, use those butterflies um, as good energy. Yeah,
1: great. Well, and that's what kind of transitioning again here, I uh, wanted to ask what you do. If you've had a really stressful day or a stressful week, how do you decompress?
2: Oh, yeah, I start my day out, you know, at lit, uh-huh. <laughs> with either a five forty five or a six AM class. Yes. So it's very important for me to start that day. But when I get up, I take time for myself in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And I journal and I also meditate. And do a little bit of mindfulness mm-hmm. and it's really changed and I take a walk with my husband I, that's something that we've started that I've started getting him on this whole path this past year he's this past year he's been reinventing himself as well. <laughs> he had a couple health scares, and it's been amazing to share um you know lifestyle with him now, and so we go on a walk and we'll sit and do some meditation and mindfulness. And, uh, and that's really important just to take that moment for yourself in the morning before the start of your day. Mm -hmm. And then I've really found it powerful at night before bed. Mm -hmm. And I share a lot of these tips and tricks and techniques with our team a lot. And these power circles that we have, um, is, you know, I have a journal there Mm -hmm. and I just write whatever's in my mind on the paper. And I don't judge it. I don't reread it. I just get it out. And then I do a couple different techniques with aromatherapy with lavender. Uh And we have some different products, of course, um, that, you know, help with the sleep, you know, the aromatherapy sprays and some of the lotions and then doing a body scan. A body scan is like a yoga nidra. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, scanning that body and taking that moment to decompress, Mm -hmm. to unplug and to really get your body prepared to sleep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it has really uh, made a huge difference with my sleep and my ability to have that energy in the morning Uh and everything else. And even through the day, I think, after a meeting maybe that's been stressful, just three deep breaths. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And research has started to show and prove the power of using our bodies as a tool to help you know, de-stress mm-hmm. or help energize ourselves. It's all good advice <laughs> A Big inhale. Okay, yeah, now exhale. I'm taking
1: deep breaths. My husband journals and does <laughs> meditation in the morning, and I sleep too late to do any yeah. of that. But
2: you I do. can do it in bed, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've started
1: walking to work, yeah. which is nice for yeah, that. Yeah.
2: So. yeah, and I think just even with the whole meditation thing, you know, we've kind of just broken it down with our team to just observing, Mm -hmm. you know, just how can you find that space between the thoughts and notice it so that you can fully be present with somebody in that moment? Because oftentimes our brain is just made to think, 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 do, 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 plan, plan, plan. And you're not aware of it when you're talking to somebody that you're thinking about all the 10,000 things you got to do. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. if you have that mindfulness and you're aware of it, you'll be like, no, 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 no. Let that go and be right here in this moment. Because this is important that I'm having a human connection talking to somebody Mm -hmm. and they need to be here to support them and also that I can get something out of this human connection that we're building right now. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
1: Well, I think to kind of wrap things up, is there any, you can take it any direction you want, kind of one Mm -hmm. piece of advice that you would give a young woman just starting out in her career?
2: I think fully the permission, 100% to dive deep into self-care and self-love. And we've really trying to show that with our Penzone, Salon and Spa, and with Lit Life Plus Yoga. Now, you know, to really try to share that with women, especially because we put everybody else ahead of ourselves, and we don't take the time for us. And, and it's almost been like that badge of honor that we wear as like businesswomen of We got ten million emails. We mm-hmm. can't even have time to work out. We can't do this. We can't do that. And taking care of all this, and just realizing you got to fill yourself up. And self-care and self-love is not selfish. Mm -hmm. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity because you have to fill yourself up so that you can give to all of those loved ones around you and be here in all the years in the future to be here so that you feel that health and wellness and well-being for yourself first. And then it it becomes um, something that you can share with other women and I think that's really empowering for us women to, to get together and know that we need to really start banding together to help each other to know that, hey, nope, I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. you got to take the time for you, and it matters.
1: Well, thank you so much, Debbie. It was lovely to chat with you. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the podcast. Thanks.